The FMT Movement Specialist course has arrived. Dr. Ethan Christworth is here with me today to give us a preview of what to expect and to answer some questions about the how, what, and whys of this brand new course. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. All right, I am uh, sitting here having the privilege to talk to Dr. Ethan Christworth. Ethan, what's up, man? What's up, Johnny? So glad to have you here, my friend. Uh, love having you on. Love chatting with you. The thing we are here for today is actually kind of a little quickie uh, as far as podcasting. We've gotten a chance to talk to you and profile you in your career, but one of the biggest things, especially coming from you, since you are one of the uh, um, people who is getting this off and running is we have a new course and I always love talking about our new courses, especially right before we start to really fully launch them. We've had a couple going on right now. So we have a new FMT uh, movement specialist course. Um, the biggest question that comes up when people hear about that with me is why did we start a movement course? Why do you feel that rock tape needed to have kind of a movement screening course? That's a good question. I think to better communicate the ability that not all movement assessment and screening is mechanical. And what we see currently out there is we see a lot of uh, mechanical screening and mechanical assessment, meaning that mobility, stability, how we could change those things, how we can intervene, uh, how we can do better with uh, those, those screenings or those outcomes from the screenings. All great stuff, bottom line. Mechanical, great stuff. Um, I've taken, many people with Rock Tape have taken FMS, SFMA, uh, DNS, uh, PRI, all the good movement screening courses that are out there. I'm sure there's plenty more. PES, CES. I can't name them all. But what we want to add and what we want to kind of bridge the gap with is understanding the person, as we always do with Rock Tape. So what are the other factors that can intervene with screening? Brain, for instance, and within brain, we're talking about personality types. Wow, what a thought understanding the person and how they listen to you and how they take in information and how they perceive you and how you perceive them. So understanding personality types, uh, brain-based uh, education there. Also other types of screening methods that we do within the day one and day two with brain. Um, we also want to talk a little bit more about the spinal engine, um, kind of like the center fixated point core control people, some people call it, we're gonna call it midline. So getting some other variables to assess, some other variables to a screen, rather than just it being just mechanical. Again, mechanicals is a part of the day one and day two process of the movement specialist, but adding more variables. Can you give us a, a little bit uh, more of information on the personality types? I, th I think kind of the what and why is a big question that's gonna come up is like, okay, well, I'm a movement specialist. I love watching people move, but why do I need to care about personality when I'm looking at human movement? And I think it ties back to our overall uh, concept of looking at the individual. So why would we add this to movement screening? That's a really good question. So again, uh, really this course is geared towards the personal trainer, the person training groups potentially are one-on-one and we want them to better understand their client. And right now, uh, typical intakes may include some objective questions, uh, but we want to better understand what the person is thinking, how they perceive information. So also we want to better understand if, if they don't like being trained 
in a group of type A people. Not everyone wants to step up to a squat bar and do a squat in front of people after they've been told for the last 10 years that they're really bad at the squat. And then when we have this negative connotation, that is gonna change a person's behavior and that's gonna potentially change their movement outcomes. So in order to, to do better with a person, understand how we can coach them better or how we can treat them better, understanding personality assessments is key. Very good point too, you know, and I've done this, you know, if anybody who's listening out there went to Rockstock, we had a lab where we talked about personality and uh, we did a, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the personality test, but we did the, the color coordinations into it and it told you a great deal about your personality and that's a big point that Ethan made there is just, you want to understand this to help make your individual client a little bit better, a little bit more focused on their individual goals, I think. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, the, the test is called True Colors, and there's a lot of right. assessments out there um, for personality testing, but at least it's a at least it's an in to understand uh, whether True Colors is the best test to use or all the other tests that are out there to understand personality types. We feel it's important in the screening process and the assessment process that we have a little bit deeper dive into who we're talking to and what they respond to and ultimately what they don't respond to well. When somebody doesn't respond well to information given to them, then we're going to have a lot of things happen. Yeah, that's really important too. But what do you say to someone who's like, I don't know if that interests me as a trainer. I don't really want to become, you know, someone's psychologist. Maybe they're misinterpreting our plan for using a personality test. What, what, how do you respond to that when someone brings up that, 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 uh, that comment? Yeah, and then just to clarify, you know, that's just one small portion of the FMT movement specialist is understanding the person and their, their personality types. And I, I would agree, uh, not everyone wants to deep dive. Um, and this is not a deep dive. This is just a better understanding of who you're speaking with. And I think if you're a great communicator and a good coach, you would want to know how this person is responding this day and what words you can use and what words you shouldn't use or phrases you shouldn't use to motivate your client or your team or your patient that day. So uh, I think if if they don't want to understand that, then they may be missing a little bit of piece of the puzzle there. And the puzzle is mm -hmm. large, right? Um, yeah. We In this class, we talk about dynamic systems theory. And we talk about all the subconscious efforts that can um, really help a person move uh, a bit cleaner or maybe a bit more efficiently. And that's really what we talk about is the ability to move efficiently. And those efficient movements are not all mechanical. They're midline control, they're brain-based control, they're, they're personality control, they're threat control. There's so many things to learn about that I hope we do a good job in screening out within this two-day course. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to remember is that's not gonna be the entire day of day one, for instance, is just talking about personality traits and something like yeah. that too. Is, you move in this course and, and we, we get you guys moving. Um, so for those of you who are a little bit more biomechanical uh, lovers out there, tell, tell everybody about kind of the stuff that we address from kind of that midline stability perspective, because this is stuff that I, I really didn't know about until you and Steve kind of presented this last year uh, for this course, uh, different things like the bunky test and looking at midline stability. So Give us a little bit of a preview of some of the things to expect when you're going over that uh, aspect, of course. Yeah, so uh, midline control is the, the overall understanding of midline control is can you control your movement shape? And for day one, it's a squat, and the movement shape for day two is gait. Uh, so can you control 
your movement shape in all three planes, frontal, sagittal, and transverse. And we feel that, as most people do feel like, you have to have understanding and control of those movements via the most central aspect of the body, which is core and pelvis. So that's just, uh, again, one, one variable that we do touch on is midline control and teaching people how to assess it or how to screen it and then how to treat it or how to train it. Um, in this case, we do use um, an example called the bunky test. And the bunky test is the ability to maintain certain plank positions uh, on something called a bunky, which uh, I learned later after reading some of the articles uh, that a bunky is no more than a 12 inch step, um, which is a term out of Australia. Yes. I didn't Don't know. I, I thought it was the name <laughs> of the person who developed the test. <laughs> no, it's actually a bunky. So when oh. Steve and I were, Steve and I were lecturing uh, in Prague, uh, some of the Australian at the international rock tape summit, some of the Australian people stepped up and said, well, a bunky is a step, a 12 inch step. And we're like, Oh, Good to know. Good to know. So we love okay. the, the test. It's no more than just a uh, a plank, but the bunky adds um, a graded exposure aspect to it, where you can regress off the bunky, or you can progress onto a bunky. And based on their findings, holding a a position and breathing well, and not using these things called excessive autonomic Heismans that we talk about in the class. You know, sympathetic changes, um, holding those positions for 12 to 40 seconds would prove relatively strong for midline control. And the way, the way we're using it is that midline control is an aspect to control a shape. And if you mm. don't have strong or you don't have integrated midline control, then you may lose that shape and you may leak into another plane, uh, basically to cause basically, you know, other issues that may arise. So, for instance, like the, the anterior chain, it looks like a traditional plank with your feet up on something. Maybe somebody's um, rotating down into one shoulder or hip just to try to maintain that stability, that kind of compensation, right? Exactly, yeah. So, leaking to other planes, so leaking into a sagittal plane or a transverse plane, just like you noted. Yep. It's a really interesting uh, perspective because ultimately, isn't that what we do with all movement screening is we look, where is there a leaking into a different plane of motion, some sort of compensation. But you used a term that I, I absolutely love and really started using myself in a lot of other courses is trying to assume a shape. And I think there's such a contentious argument all the time when it comes to movement specialists is like, oh, this is a good assessment, this is a bad assessment. And people start to argue about things like a squat, for instance. The overhead squat is an assessment that is commonly used. People talk about it all the time. Just, just a squat in general is a great thing to look at how someone moves, but it's not necessarily, I'm trying to determine how well you squat. It's looking at how well can you do a movement that's asked of you? And I think this is where you are getting into the perspective of can you assume a shape? So can you maybe elaborate a little bit more about the two shapes that we kind of get into with day one and day two and kind of what that means to us? Yeah, a few different things here. Uh, we like using the word shape because shape is non-threatening. So in my opinion, if, or in our opinion, maybe Capos too, is that if you are told, if you come into the gym and you know, your, your screening is gonna involve a squat and you've been told for the last 15 years, 10 years, that your squat sucks, already you're on threat. So already, you know, oh man, you're, you know, BP increases, pulse rate increases, starts to sweat a little bit, a little diaphoretic, whatever the case may be, all those autonomic Heismans that are occurring because you are now being asked to squat in front of somebody 
who's going to evaluate you. So right away, in my opinion, that's threatening to a person. So let's change that nomenclature to shape. So let's assume a shape that's an adult daily living exercise or movement that you do every day, whether it's sitting in a chair, sitting on the toilet, sitting in your car, and so on. So that perspective right away can help somebody understand that they can be, they can downregulate their threat process just by changing the word. We know that words matter. Secondly, the shape, the squat for, for day one, it could be any shape. It could be a toe touch. It could be reaching for something. We wanted to choose something that was fundamental in daily life and the squat was it. So uh, very important movement. Um, but then again, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be this perfect, you know, toes forward, uh, you know, knees in perfect alignment. We, we use all those parameters, but we want to assume somebody how they would squat without weight. So we're not talking about loaded weight or going on like the bar here. We're talking about how you would squat down to pick something up. And we can evaluate or we can screen these types of shapes based on many things, how the brain perceives that position, how midline controls that position. And of course, mechanically, how can you do it? So can you get it done? which would be effective. Can you do the motion, but can you do it well? That's really what we're trying to help here, efficiency. Efficiency would be smooth, clean, easy positions. Instead of holding a squat position for two minutes and watching somebody really sweat down there, grit their teeth, you know, grab the floor with their toes, all of those other uh, sympathetic drivers that we see when people squat. So the shape is a squat for day one, just like you said. And can you get it done, which some people can, but can you get it done efficiently, the mm -hmm. path of least resistance? And that's really what we're pushing on and how we're going to treat or train that day. And I think, um, I think we took a, a big risk, too, because one of the big emphases, emphasis, uh, <laughs> one of the things <laughs> we emphasize is uh, there is no perfect squat. And again, going back to the idea that squatting can be very uh, contentious is there is no perfect squat, and that's something that we definitely appreciate in this course and, and, and try to pitch. Moving efficiently doesn't mean it has to be a specific way because everybody's going to squat very differently, right? Oh, I agree. And, you know, we use this term, well, we use this idea of everyone has a different fingerprint or everyone has a different signature. So mm -hmm. if you did your signature with your dominant hand and did it with your non-dominant hand, you'd see a change. Your signature is different than the person sitting next to you. Your signature may be different when your eyes are closed. Your signature may be different when you're uh, standing on one leg, whatever the case may be. But again, the point is, is that we change these shapes all the time. So a squat loaded, okay, that's, that's a different idea here. A squat unloaded is your daily adult movement. Maybe you're picking up a box. Maybe you're picking up something else in a very small confined space and you can't get this perfect shape that you always been thought about. How can you change your concepts in your different environment? How are you going to pick up that, that whatever it is in a different environment? So we're hoping that we can shed light on the, on the changes of a person's shape and how they can um, do it efficiently. Yeah, I love that aspect too, because as a parent of two very active young children, there is no perfect movement. When you have a very, uh, very active four-year-old just literally jumping off the couch at you and you have to make sure he doesn't run down his head. <laughs> There's no perfect way to move like that too. So I hope everybody appreciates that when they come to a course is we're trying to establish the idea that 
there is no perfect way to move, but everybody yeah. has their own individual movement fo uh, fingerprint. I, re I really love that. Yeah. And I would things? say too, I Go was going to say, I only add one more thing there. Um, although mechanical is not the main driver of this course, we do have baselines, right? So understanding sure. what dorsiflexion looks like, understanding what hip flexion looks like, understanding what thoracic extension looks like, understanding what, what the body looks like with arms overhead or down by your side. So we do hit all the mechanical factors that other course, other coursework may hit. Um, we just want to add to it. And that's why I yeah. think this is such a great way to bridge the gap is adding to your current knowledge that you've learned from other screening courses. Or if you haven't taken other screening courses, getting the information from Rock Tape to use with uh, your client. That's one of my favorite thing about all our courses is I, I say this at the beginning of all the courses that I teach is we're not taking anything away from what you're already doing. Because everybody right. is already doing amazing stuff. We're just trying to add to it and maybe open up your perspective a little bit differently. Um, one of the other really cool things that uh, this course presents is the idea of subconscious movement, which you don't really see anywhere out there as far as addressing the aspects of subconscious movement. Even people who analyze gait, I think they tend to look at it more from a conscious perspective when ultimately gait really is more subconscious than anything we can consciously change it if we wanted to but there are a lot of subconscious drivers so where did the idea of kind of looking at it from a subconscious perspective come from and then what are some of the different things that maybe you could provide us as a preview of, of what we would look at on a day two yeah you just said something really key right there is that um although gait is subconscious as long as you can ambulate and breathing, which is a, another um, variable that we that we screen and assess on day two, is that we can influence it, right? So we can make the subconscious conscious by just becoming aware of it to treat it or to train it or to analyze it. The biggest thing about gait, uh, in my opinion, and hopefully in Steve's opinion too, is that what we see is uh, is paralysis by analysis. So we see when people see the word gate or I'll take accountability. When I see the word gate in a class, I think, Oh boy, we're going to go deep, right? Biomechanical factors. We're going deep, which you can, which is great. Uh, but rock tape won't take it that deep. Rock tape will look at triplanar dysfunction. Rock tape will look at breathing and how that can have control of gait and efficiency. Um, rock tape will look at positions of the foot, positions of the hip and positions of the thoracic spine and shoulder in gait and how we can treat that with brain, with midline and with mechanical factors. <laughs> I was laughing to myself because you said rock tape won't take it deep unless there's particular instructors. <laughs> yes, okay. and those people listening to this podcast know who that is and I'm super happy and we actually have a slide for top down, bottom up, so I might as well promote it here. Top Go down, bottom it. up with, with Jill Lavaca and Courtney Conley. Um, do a great job of taking it a step further. And that's what yeah. we love with our course is that we can promote uh, Z Health, we can promote top down, bottom up. And those are the, those are the next levels. We're hoping that this course yeah. is a good introduction to uh, efficiency of a shape and an efficiency of subconscious and conscious shapes on day one and day two. So, mm -hmm. and then if you want to go heavy, you want to go deep, then here, here are the courses that we think that you should take for the next level. Yeah, again, not taking away, but definitely also saying, hey, you can add and build on what we're doing here. So, Ethan, with this course, what are some of your, uh, what are some of the things that you hope are the biggest takeaways for a part any participant? You know, the, the two variables that we're talking about um, 
the three variables that we're talking about, really taking home the brain aspect of the human and how to address that or how to be aware of it. To me, that's such a big, that's just so missed is that we still understand that mechanical is the number one driver uh, that we see in schools today or that we read in literature and uh, although that has a, a really big impact on people when you don't have the outcomes you want, where, where are you going to go next? What's the next, what are the next variables? How else can I treat and understand that the brain is the governor and controls everything? I think we should go there as you well know, because you're a brain geek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so understanding, yep. understanding the aspects of a person's threat, understanding the aspects of the person's personality, how they perceive information, um, what's good to perceive, what's bad to perceive when coaching them, I think is a big take home in this course. Um, secondly, midline control, understanding that, you know, the midline of this idea of the spinal engine, this central fixated point needs to have stability prior to moving appendages, like a lot of other courses teach, but we teach it in a little more of a novel way and a little more of a tangible way, I'd say is super important. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you know, we get into the nuts and bolts of understanding association and disassociation of movement, which kind of takes us yeah. down the mechanical route of, um, what should be stable, what should be mobile, and how we can drive motor control. And what's fun about this course too, John, is that, um, you know, since we've been uh, partnered with uh, Trigger Point and with Skills Products, we have a lot of what we're calling tactics. Tactics would be basically what are the other tools we can use to make somebody move better, whether that's foam rollers, spiky balls, smooth balls, Uh, rock band flex, uh, vibration rollers, uh, small vibration rollers. We have so many cool tactics that we're trying to use to influence a person's shape. So the course itself is super fun because everyone gets a lot of product and we can, we can kind of learn about these products and what they're used for out there. Yeah. I love that too, is I thought we gave away a lot of cool uh, goodies at a lot of our other courses, our movement screening, uh, movement specialist course, you guys go home with like an entire kit. So yeah. like a, yeah. a mobile personal training kit, basically we need to give them bags. I think <laughs> I've noticed a lot. Of people I, yeah. No, I totally. huge <laughs> <of stuff. laughs> yeah, That's so true. So what I really like about the course too, is that, uh, since we do, uh, like to look at all the products in the market and what we have for them, um, we can change the intent of a product. So, Oh, changing the intent of a foam roller. People think that the foam roller is just for soft tissue manipulation and, you know, things of like that, you know, tack and stretching tissue. But we could talk about the foam roller being a visual aid. We could talk about a vibration roller being a stimulus, not just, uh, you know, to break down, quote, adhesions or, or you know, fascial disruptions and things of that nature. So we can use a spiky ball to increase input into the person's uh, skin. So there's a lot of ways to change the intent of the products that are on the market. And again, disclaimer is that you can use whatever products you want. And that's where I love rock tape is we're not here to drive these products. We're here to tell you why and what is the education behind all these products out there today. Yeah. I love that too. It's like, we're not trying to push product on you, but Hey, you're going to have these available products for you as well too, as long as you understand the concepts, which is really ultimately where all the FMT classes are, uh, in, in conjunction with one another is it's conceptual and we want you to really understand that concept. Um, so it's a little, little weird to, I, even, I don't fully understand this, but we've had some courses out kind of like a soft launch, hard launch really next year. Is that correct? So you're going to start to see more scheduled courses on the website a little bit more. There's some right now. 
Exactly right. So uh, we wanted to kind of soft launch to get more feedback through uh, people taking the courses. Um, so we've only hit, uh, you know, some of the major cities. But before the year is up, you'll see a large uh, list of um, the courses where they are just in so many cities. So this yeah. just gives Capo and I time to uh, readjust some of the bumps along the road, if there are any within the decks and how we flow and how we teach it. Uh, by getting feedback by um, the attendees that came to those soft launch courses, and mm -hmm. then 2020, yeah, we'll be hitting the rubber to the road. How many of you? How many of these have you already taught? Um, I probably taught three or four, I think maybe four now, and I have a few more this year. So by the end of the year, I'll probably teach about eight of them, I think, total. Yeah, and for for the launch that we've already had, that's a lot. So yeah, you're you're constantly yeah. pulling out a lot of feedback, Capo, and you are constantly working on this stuff, trying to refine it. So I, I definitely thank you for that, my friends. Um, Ethan, let everybody know where they can get a hold you, of you if they have some questions about this course or any of the other courses. Sure thing. Um, Ethan at rocktape.com still works. So you can email me there if you have questions. Uh, my Instagram handle is dr.kreis. S and then you'll see Dr. Christworth. I should change that. It's pretty ridiculous now, right? It does come so, up pretty quickly, but yeah, you know, maybe yeah. you should you should be like jujitsu doc or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I should change that. So uh Dr. Christworth is my Instagram and you can send messages to our uh, Facebook site, our medical pro uh, Facebook site. Um I'm on that um a lot and trying to answer questions and give tidbits of information. So our mm. Facebook site is great to get information from as well. So those should be three good locations for you. Yeah, I second that definitely with the Facebook page and just trying to get a hold of Ethan. Uh, but if you're looking for a course in your area, uh, definitely check out rocktape.com for the movement specialist course. If you're interested in maybe even hosting a course, Ethan is somebody you can actually talk to about that as well too. So Ethan, thank you so much for giving us this preview of this awesome course coming for us uh, in the near future. But again, if there's some out there, Maybe you can catch Ethan teaching it and uh, doing his thing. Thanks, John. Appreciate you, Thank man. Thank you, sir. What's up, everybody? It's John. Thank you so much for downloading the Rock Tape Podcast. And as a thank you, I want to offer you 15% off your next order of tape, topicals, and mobility tools and apparel at shop.rocktape.com. 15% off the best tape and gear around. Just use the code ROCKCAST. That's R-O-C-K-C-A-S-T at shop.rocktape.com for 15% off your next order. That's the code ROCKCAST for 15% off your next order of rock tape so you can go stronger, longer.